Hello, I'm Izzy Wells and welcome to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Tamil-related content every Tuesday. Today's guest on Hot Stuff is Dr. Chen. Having studied law at Heidelberg University and Cornell Law School, Dr. Chen is currently a professor at Shixin University in the Graduate Institute of Gender Studies. Her research areas have always related closely to gender and law, including transgender issues, sexual harassment, LGBTQ rights and feminist jurisprudence. Today, it is my pleasure to have Dr. Chen on the show to delve into some of these issues and share her own experiences. Welcome to Hot Stuff, Dr. Chen. Thank you so much for joining me today. And first of all, let's talk about your family background and the influence it had on your research interests. In your own words, you've said that you were raised in an unconventional family within a patriarchal society. How was your family unconventional? I came from uh, Zhanghua County. So at that time, it was a farming county. And my parents both taught in elementary school. But then my mother got the scholarship, kind of like a chance for girl to or a woman at that time. She already um, got married and have two daughters. Yeah, so she'd already had children already. I, I think I was three and my, my sister was one and a half. And then she got this chance to go, come to Taipei. Uh, mm. to study. At, at that time, there is no Gautier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's taking High-speed a while. Train. Yeah, it's, uh, and also because, yeah, the family, I still remember, I think at that time, the economy of the family was not so good. Mm. You know? I remember my father was counting the coins to prepare to buy the fruits or something. Oh. So my mother got a chance to come to study, but the children were already there. So I think at that time they made a choice and my mother came to Taipei to study to got her bachelor degree and master and then PhD become a professor. Wow, yeah. So my father was the main child uh, care uh, caretaker mm-hmm. when I was uh, small. And I think at that time, I didn't know that uh, at the time, obviously. because You just thought it was like normal. You didn't really think much of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because my father is a very gentle, sweet person. I would rather, my, my sister would agree with us, <laughs> with me. Like we would rather <laughs> our father kind of took oh, care yeah. of us. You know, he will prepare for some snack. Say, oh, go to, go to take a nap. And then he will went, he will go to uh, have class. And then he will prepare, for example, the fruits or some sweet, the kind of snack. Say, okay, after you um, wake up, then you can have this. Yeah. So he's just a, such a person. But my mother is always, we call my mother Mr. Wang, General Wang. <laughs> <laughs> but now I understand. When a woman got married, have two small children, mm. she has to do so many things. She has to arrange, for example, the in-laws in a relationship. And then she came to Taipei alone to study. So she has to study. She's, she was a straight A student. She always got the scholarship and all that. She yeah. has a lot to do and no wonder she has to be like a general. Yeah. <laughs> but so later I know. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And do you know whether, I don't know if you've spoken to them about it, about coming to that decision? Was it was it a straight away like yes that this is how it's going to be that's fine i'm fine with that i think that has something to do with the background they both Mm -hmm. from a farmer's family so for farmers if you can receive good education that means it opens up your life 
options. So、mm-hmm. I think that was that was not a feminist kind of choice. It's rather uh, uh, from a farmers、uh, family say, okay, whoever who got a scholarship, take the money, go, study, yeah. Yeah. and then we will follow up. <laughs> <laughs> nice, and you know. Even even now, I guess the father taking on the the main responsibility of looking after the kids, and the mother being the main breadwinner. That's still, you know, not it's not normalized yet. Yeah. And and then it must have been even more so. What were kind of the opinions or the perceptions that people had at the time? For example, right now there's there will be a teaching parent meeting. Yes.、Right? Yeah, yeah. At that time, it's called 母姐会 Mu、oh. mothers sisters meetings. So you will see my father. He was quite <laughs> tall. He will go and then sitting there with all the mothers, and people will be like, "Oh, what happened? What happened to your wife?" And then so so then、um, as a kid, you were like,、mm, "What happened?" You know? <laughs> yeah. As as I mentioned before,、yeah. at home we think, okay, whoever has a time. Who will stay with us? Because my sister and I, we also came to Taipei for one year to stay with my mother, and then another two years back with my father. So Taipei, Zhanghua, yeah, I call it two locations, <laughs> two careers, kind of family. But、um, you will sense that how people comment on this:、uh, a man with small children alone. They must be maybe they're divorced or someone is sick or something like that. So it、mm. re- was received relatively kind of. Not normal. I mean, that must have for your father been. Do you think he would have felt a way about that, about how people are always、yeah. commenting on it? Like I, that's you need to be have be resilient in it. Yes, right. I think he totally knew. So then、uh, <laughs> later, after every time when he went to the 同学会 to meet with the classmates, and then. At home, he would prepare another exam, you know, to try to get to another level. <laughs> and and your mum, she's got this bachelor's, master's, PhD, then becomes a professor of chemistry. Right. This kind of like working, like power woman as it is. But would she call herself a feminist? It has changed,、okay. fortunately. At that time, she belongs to those kind of strong women type. They would think. Oh, there is no gender discrimination. You just work very hard, and then you will get it. You know,、mm-hmm. I I don't think at that time she was aware of the system,、mm-hmm. or aware of actually if she were a man, probably already she has been. I don't know. She could shorten like twenty years for what she has achieved. But yeah, I think I think now she sees it. She once was running the. Election of the president in her university. Oh, yeah, and then okay, but then later one of her colleague actually、mm-hmm. invited me. Just yeah, it's not planned, but just invited me to、uh, give a talk、uh, in her、uh, formal university. And then later that that colleague was really nice professor in philosophy,、mm-hmm. and then he said actually yeah. It's true. When when the election was happening, your mother's gender was mentioned. Yeah, so he totally agree with me. And then later, I told my mother. <laughs> yeah, kind of like we then we together we look at you know there is there are still more、well, systematic 
factors people、right. would think say oh maybe men is better to be a president. And what about your dad? How did he view feminism? <laughs> did he have a view on it? I don't think he would call himself a feminist,、mm-hmm. but、um, like I work in NGO、uh, in the Awakening Foundation. I used to be the participate more, and then he would always come to the fundraising party and then talk to the other people and all that. So he has been always very supportive. For me、mm-hmm. and for my mother and for my sister, yeah. And he, then people, people always look at me and say, "Yeah, this is crazy." Like for example, <laughs> my colleague, they would say they w- she would never talk to, with her dad, like in such a fashion. But I think, yeah, my 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 fa- father is like really like my mother. And um, in one of your papers, you also spoke about how two of your close friends took their own lives. Would you mind sharing what the circumstances were and how? That made you feel at the time about society. That was, of course, that was、um, maybe twenty, thirty years ago. But today,、mm-hmm. even if we pay attention to the newspaper every day, there will be some suicide events. And if you pay attention to it, a lot of them is because of gender reasons. And one of my friend, that was because、um, due to her. If I sum it up, that her boyfriend cheated on her, and although she is, yeah, she passed the bar, but then I think in general, um, there's lack of the emotion education, and also the way the educational system is、uh, kind of arranged.、Mm-hmm. Only grades, only we were taught to be useful person, useful citizen, but you don't know how to enjoy, you don't know. Uh, what's important in life, and if you continue to postpone all this till I don't know, like when you reach twenty-two and you are all successful and all that, and then you just cannot understand why why this would happen to you. So I think at that time I really think、um, it doesn't not really matter what kind of degrees you have, the、uh, study you have to understand who you are, and then you have to be given the chance to try out. And then to get to know yourself more. And the other person, my friend, I think she suffered from the depression.、Mm-hmm. And I think at that time we have very little knowledge about depression. But again, the family member would say, "Okay, maybe let's just、uh, let her marry." So then things would、uh, be solved. You know, it's weird. In the past, traditionally, Taiwanese love to solve the issue with marriage. <laughs> And I, I mean, in my opinion, I think it really increased the the the, the crisis, problems. the problems. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. But I think right now it's getting better. People do call for help. But yeah, you know, just like、uh, these two cases, I think for me, it's all related to gender in、mm-hmm. a way. I was interested in how much the experiences that you just spoke about, and then your. Unconventional upbringing, as such, impacted or had an influence on then what you wanted to do with you know as a career. And I guess I just um、uh, my academic interest just grow organically. But thank you for your question. Before I came here, I was thinking, yeah, for example, I、um, teach in、uh, undergraduate students a couple of classes,、uh, sex, love, and the law. I think in my generation, people don't want to talk about it. But actually, if, if you are age eighteen till twenty-two when you are undergraduate, that's the things you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't. <laughs> yeah. I guess I I try to I I do research on intimacy and I I also I offer this kind of classes wanted to、uh, generate discussion within、mm. 
the new generation. I hope they can think about this issue earlier、mm. than 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 yeah in my generation. So I guess then you know the, those experiences then made you really want to keep pursuing this kind of interest in issues relating to gender. Yeah, yeah, and, and、so. also because of my、uh, family's、uh, experience. So I have been always interested in what is the relationship between men and women、mm. movement. I think there are a lot of a lot of、um, wonderful feminist scholars. They have done a lot of research, but what if one man or two men or some men they are also support the gender equality, but do the society support them? I guess that's why I'm kind of、uh, my PhD dissertation and also one of the papers、um, has been on this.、Uh, yeah,、issue. it's very very interesting topic for sure, and I think as well that's in the UK with the whole feminist movement as well. There's been more awareness about how. It's also for the good of men, and you know, fighting against this toxic masculinity and things. So it's really interesting that you've done research in, in that field, but relating to Taiwan, I find it really interesting to read. And let's talk more about feminism and the family unit in Taiwan. So household labor has traditionally always been the woman's role in the home, while the man is going out to work and earning money. What do these gender roles look like now in 2023 in Taiwan? Have they shifted at all? I know it's hard to comment on yes and everything, but but roughly, have things changed? Yeah, actually, in my paper, I have been、uh, yeah doing the research. This ideal. Men out there and women、um, stay at home. Actually, only belongs to certain class of people.、Mm. In my parents, in my grandparents' case, both them have to work at home and in the farm. Women too. So I, I think that would just that's just ideal. You know, it's never true, or at least it's never true for everybody. But after all the reform done in Taiwan and all that, I think it has been transforming, changing. And now you will see the new new generation of men. They take care of the young kids more, or at least they participate more in childcare. But women, I have to say, women.、Uh, of course, you see more women in the public sphere, but they also have the second shift.、Mm. This hasn't changed that much. You mean by the the work at home that they have? Yeah, to do. the work、yeah. at home. And sometimes I say there is even the third shift. If someone ill. If someone really needs to be、mm. taken care at home,、mm. and usually I think it's、um, women, or a, a lot of women would then resign or somehow to take care of the, the sick person at home. No, so yeah, it's that's that's a really interesting point. There's more, a lot more of dual income households. Yes, but like you said, I feel like childcare. Still comes down to you know the women's the mother they that's their still their sole responsibility.、Yeah. What would you say then the biggest conflicts are that both men and women face when it comes to work and family? I know we've touched a bit about how you know women basically having after they come home from work having to still do the household stuff. I think we need to reshape the whole working structure. Because in the past, probably most of the area are male dominated. At that time, that we picture workers with no family duties.、Mm-hmm. But now, with the more and more women come in to work, and actually everyone has families duties, men too. But it just in the past, the society would expect that okay, you go ahead, finish your degree, and then.、Um, 
work well and all the rest they will be just mar- get married and then they will be uh, taken care of by the women either by the mother or the women or the uh, female uh, family members and I think right now both for, for men and for women and for the all the dual career families we need to reshape the working environment mm. you have to think about this worker people are interdependent we were small we need to be taken care of we will sometimes get sick and then we will get old and all that so it's doesn't matter you are men or women everybody has to go through all those stages no mm. so i think right now the, the really issue is how to combine the work and family and we need to reshape the work structure so that then we can release uh, some kind of energy to the then change the dynamics within the intimate uh, relationship so yeah. i guess more maybe more time for like paternity leave or yes, things like exactly. that and paid for example yeah and as it is in 2023 what would you say the current state of feminism is like in taiwan it's very interesting now you know like the mm. me the me too movement of course finally happened and yeah and then somehow people are paying more attention and then wanted to understand more mm. so i think that's um, probably one of the crisis turning to the opportunity yeah what was your reaction when when taiwan's me too movement suddenly happened uh, again i feel like wow actually in the ngo i work uh, awakening foundation the first case in happened the sexual harassment case in the university the first not the first case but the first case which was handled by the minister of uh, education mm. it happened in 19 uh, in 2000 i think so again 20 some years ago so, and then i now i realized that people didn't know the history of why do we wanted to prevent sexual harassment and why sexual harassment uh, usually happen within the power disparity uh, mm. situation. Again, I feel like, wow, we need to talk to the general public more. We need to do more education mm. because I thought 20 years ago, because of that case, then we have the gender equality education law. We pass it. So then we have the law there to prevent and also to uh, investigate once there is a case. But it seems that people are not aware of what happened in the past 20 years. And I think right now, again, the new generation, they started to express themselves uh, and also share with the public their Mm -hmm. experience in the social media. And I could not help wondering, is it because of the legal system failed them or culturally they don't think they are, can come forward because there are still so much barrier. Mm. Otherwise, I would think, wow, I thought we started 20 years ago. So when, when people did start coming out on things, is it fair to say that you weren't surprised? I think I, would, I was not surprised because I knew it happens every day. Mm. But I was surprised is wow so after 20 years things haven't <laughs> been changed right <laughs> meaning they didn't come out only they came out to the social media to express mm. usually in like after 10 years or something i think that means they probably finally feel comfortable mm. they finally left that working environment or school or something so then that strikes me okay then culturally the law does have its limitation so culturally maybe there are barriers and what are those barriers i think that's our mission job you know Mm. to find out Mm. how come it takes so long for the victims to come out so then obviously law does not help as i said if they know 
the law was there 2004 passed already for the students but 2002 passed for the kind of company working、uh, setting so obviously law did not help them But law is in terms of just sexual harassment against sexual harassment. Sexual harassment prevention, in theory, right? Again,、mm. in theory, if you are the victim, you can file a, a complaint both in working setting and in university. But again, I guess you wanted to keep that job, so obviously、yes. you are not going to、um, yeah. make a complaint. No. And when the, I mean, the problems that always comes up with sexual harassment is. Getting the proof, you know, worrying whether people are not going to believe you, exactly, and things like that. Yeah. But one thing I do think is great is、mm. the when the first or second case to、uh, when the victim reveal in the social media, they immediately receive the support、mm. socially. So I think that's at least the、uh, our improvement. And. In terms of feminism, why should Taiwanese men care about it? Taiwanese men would suffer more、mm-hmm. if they don't join the feminist to deconstruct the gender norms. Why? Because Taiwan right now is in a very special international status, constant military threat、mm-hmm. from China, and economically, globally, we were okay. Right now, probably because of chips, somehow we have some <laughs> <laughs> leverage. Yeah, but Taiwanese men—they are not in the mainstream, the global economic system. So when the economy is not going well, Taiwanese would suffer. And Taiwanese men, traditionally, you ask them to be the breadwinner. So whenever there is、um, problems in the economic world. They will hit most, and physically too, because they imagine if there is war. Now we see the Ukraine. The men cannot leave the country. They need to protect. No. So what I mean is, in the past, yes, men are privileged, but for that privilege, there is also heavy cost. They have to pay for the Taiwanese men. I, I would invite them to really weigh、uh, the benefits, and in order to get those benefits, you need to have those costs. And I think generally, I do think they need to、uh, care more. And then, if we can reshape the, our gender relationship, if it's more egalitarian. Then we can work together. I mean, interesting you bring up there, like men having to fight in war, and Taiwan also has conscription. Now, if we are fighting for a more equal society, do you think that conscription that that women should also be made to? Yeah, for that I also wrote the article. In my opinion, yes, because right now there are different kind of forms. No, you can be the ti dai yi.、Uh, there is another alternative、uh, way to oh, serve. Oh,、like、yeah, and also. So I think the bombs or the missiles—they don't recognize men and women. We need to be in together.、Mm-hmm. We have to、uh, work together. And military is kind of like a little society where there are so many different kind of organization jobs, and I think they need different kind of talent. Yeah, because also you know at the same time there are some women who are really physically capable to you know be out and out、exactly. there, and some men who aren't. Exactly. You know? <laughs> So I think that this men women dimension is too not complicated, too simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And、so. and like you said, you know, a war effort isn't just fighting on the field. There's so many other roles and support and stuff that has to go into it. Exactly. Which... And today.
today, I think it's uh, it's not the physical wall, no? It's yeah. probably internet, uh, the emotion right? yes. wall and all that. So sure. I don't see the connection between the gender and joining the Yeah, world. and you know, we've talked a lot about this, the paper in particular, orientating feminisms in the Taiwanese context, a men-inclusive approach. And it was actually, like you've said, written over 20 years ago. Now, has anything changed since then? We've talked about how gender roles and stuff, but in terms of feminism and kind of, I guess, this men-inclusive approach, has there been any noticeable progression or even different issues? Yes, yes. I think, uh, for example, the childcare policies, uh, which I um, kind of researched as a subject in the in the paper. In the past, the law only offered the child care, but without any uh, subsidies. And then, of course, then men, if you traditionally were viewed as a breadwinner, then that would be a issue. So right now we the, we have changed the law and offer more. And then I think the percentage of men to take the child care leave uh, increases. Mm. And recently, there's a men uh, supporting association has funded. And then we also realized, ah, okay, domestic violence victims, they are also men. And uh, I do think Taiwanese society uh, within this past 20 years, little by little, yeah, Mm -hmm. we are coming forward to this issue. Yeah, and we've briefly spoken about it, but the thing about the the men getting custody of children, that was like more more than 20 years ago, but... Tell me more about how the law around that when it came to uh, custody with kids. In 20 years ago, the law says uh, belong <laughs> to father. <laughs> yeah, so, so if, if, if parents getting divorced, yeah, it's, it's like in written in law that yeah. that has to go with, yeah. with the dad. Yeah. But law has changed around 1996, mm. if I remember right. Yeah, and so now, even though that might still happen but it is not written in the law that that yeah you can imagine as a student at that time i was shocked yeah i mean especially I coming from this family no actually they are oh, right yeah the other classmates they are fine they yeah. are not shocked no because <laughs> it, i think people tend to think a man and women are different therefore mm. when we have a different rights that's not just discrimination so that's the that's the way you think about it. men and women are different. Different things should receive different treatment. So that's fine. But since I come from this kind of family, then I was like, no. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hot Stuff. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Dr. Chen. I certainly did. And if you did so, you'll be very happy to know that next week we'll be coming back with part two. So I will see you all then. Bye.